Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the leaning devourer of pizza to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the gotcha argument. So logical fallacies come in a variety of different flavours. Some are designed to kind of confuse people or try and make people think that what you're saying is a good point. Yeah. Um, and some are just kind of like a smoke bomb, kind of throw it right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is the latter. Right. Um, this is this is kind of an escape hatch logical fallacy, basically, where yeah. where if you get backed into a corner, yeah. this is something that politicians say if they ask a question that they can't answer or that answering is is going to make them look stupid. Right. Yeah. And it's basically just accusing the the questioner of asking a gotcha question. Right. Oh. That's it. That's the yeah, get that's, out of jail it. card. <laughs> All right. right. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a very political thing. It's not something you see outside of politics that much, really. And it it's been around for a, for a quite a long time. I mean, going back to to pre Bush senior. Yeah. It's not really a kind of a trick question that that journalists try and ask, but it's a question to test a politician's either knowledge of something or opinion mm. on something that might be controversial. Journalists obviously are hoping to get a good soundbite. Yeah. Um, and so they'll ask something, you know, sometimes that maybe is a bit outside of what the, the politician was expecting to be asked. It's right. kind of, you know, up to your opinion whether you think that is a valid strategy or not. I don't think there's necessarily a problem with it. But, you know, it depends, I, I suppose, if you're trying, how much you're trying to surprise someone or asking a question in bad faith, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's and is the the appeal to the gotcha? It's accusing the uh, journalist of saying, "Well, you're just doing that to catch me out." Is that a way of avoiding a difficult question? Yeah, yeah. It means you don't then have to ask. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because mainly they, it seems to me that they occur when there's a clear answer to be given, which is, you know, do you know or what is your view on this, or mm-hmm. do you agree with? You've not got anything over on them. You're just saying, here are a series of facts. What do you think? Yeah. Or it's, it's either this or that. What do you think? So the the so the so result is to just go, <laughs> well, actually avoid answering it. Just, yeah, yeah. just not answer it. Yeah, complain about the question, basically, yeah. is, is yeah. the thing to do. So, yeah. um, so our first example from Trump comes from uh, before he was president, when he was campaigning. Uh, And he went on Hugh Hewitt's radio show and uh, was asked this. On the front of Islamist terrorism, I'm looking for the next commander in chief to know who Hassan Nasrallah is and Zawahiri and al-Julani and al-Baghdadi. Do you know the players without a scorecard yet, Donald Trump? No, you know, I'll tell you honestly, I think by the time we get to office, they'll all be changed. They'll be all gone. I know. I knew you were going to ask me things like this, and there's no reason because, number one, I'll find the, I will hopefully find General Douglas MacArthur in the pack. I will find whoever it is that I'll find. and we'll, But they're all changing you. You know, I, it's, those are like his 
history questions. Do you know this one? Do you know that one? I don't believe in gotcha questions. I'm not trying to, you know, quiz you on who the well, worst guy gotcha in the world is. Well, that is a gotcha question, though. I mean, you know, when you're asking me about who, you know, who is running this, 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 that's not, that is not, I will be so good at the military, your head will spin. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Trump knew that was a gotcha question until the <laughs> yeah. guy said, I don't believe in gotcha questions. Oh, well, there's my out. Yeah, yeah. That is a gotcha question. Yeah, he was basically, he was complaining that it was a history question. It's not yeah. a history question. These are the people no. who are currently in charge of kind of terrorist groups in the Middle East. Oh, well, he, but he's going to be, so, <laughs> by the time I get in, yeah. that will be history. Yeah. So that's his, that's his excuse. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, he said in that as well, I knew you were going to ask me this kind of question. Mm-hmm. Well, then fucking prepare for <laughs> yeah. that kind of question. <laughs> then just answer it. And he should have yeah, known yeah. that Hugh Hewitt was going to ask that kind of question because he always asks foreign policy questions. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know you're going on and you know you're letting yourself yeah. into it. So you can't kind of complain about that. Absolutely. You are yeah. someone who is going into this kind of environment where you're going to be asked questions about foreign policy. You're going to be asked, um, you know, you've been already talking at this point about how brilliantly you're going to do militarily and how you're going to crush people in the Middle East and so on. Yeah. Um, and then to go on and, and I mean, he thing is, Hugh Hewitt said, I want you to know who these four people are. Do you do you know basically who they are? All he really needed to do was say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know who they are." That's it. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't being asked a question that would that would make him look particularly stupid, unless there was going to be a follow up. Yeah. At which point, then he could have said, "Oh, you know, I'm not going to get into the details now." But you know, but yeah, yeah, but now immediately yeah. he was like, "Oh, this is you know history question about stuff that's happening right now." So, yeah. <laughs> and and he got. Give, got handed it on a plate, yeah, yeah. pretty much, didn't it? So it's a, it's it's not like it's a difficult answer to provide. Particularly, he'd, all he'd have to do is say, "Yes, I know all about them, and we'll get all our top people because I'll be I know more so about good them at than, military <laughs> than anyone." That will make your head spin. <laughs> all you need to say, well, and that's a win for him. Yeah, at this point, he'd already accidentally confused the Cuds for the Kurds, right? Because he'd been asked specifically about the leader, of, uh, the I think it was Soleimani actually, and so he kind of I think was uh, on the defensive now because he he'd already looked a little bit stupid misanswering one question and claiming that he misheard yeah. the question, so yeah, he kind of panicked and complained about the question. Yeah, uh, our second example for Trump comes from one of his uh, COVID press conferences when he was asked about something that Jared Kushner had said. Yesterday, Jared Kushner said the notion of the federal stockpile was it's supposed to be our stockpile. It's not supposed to be state stockpiles that they then use. What did he mean by our? Oh, what are you asking? And I mean, it, yeah. even the fact that taxpayers from What's every that, state gotcha. pays for gotcha. it. No, it's not a gotcha. Our, you, you know what our means? United States of America. That's what it means. It means the states. Our, our. It means the United States of America. And then we take that our and we distribute it to the states. So why did not you say that we it's have not to. supposed to be state stockpiles that they then Because use. we need it for the government and we need it for the federal government. But to when the states, states are in trouble, no, to then also keep. It to if it's not to the states. To keep, to keep for our country because the federal government needs it too, not just the states. But out of that, we oftentimes choose, as an example, we have almost 10,000 ventilators, and we are ready to rock with those ventilators. We're going to bring them to various areas of the country that need them. But when he says our, he's talking about our country. He he's talking, excuse me, sir, he's talking about the federal government. I mean, 
It's such a basic, simple question, and you try and make it sound so bad. You ought to be, I, you ought to be ashamed to of yourself. No, you know I, what? You ought to be ashamed. Way, it's such Azar. a simple question. He said, "Our," and "our" means for the country, and "our" means for the states because the states are a part of the country. Don't make it sound bad. So, yeah, yeah. The, the problem yeah. there really was that Kushner had specifically been separating "our" from yeah. the states. Yeah. In the thing he said. Yeah. Because this was about getting governors to get PPE for themselves, to get ventilators for themselves and not dip into the strategic national stockpile because because the stockpile is is ours for us to use, not for the states to use, which yeah. is absolutely not what it was. No. And yeah, so it's re completely reasonable to ask a clarification question on that. Yeah. And and, and, and he did nothing but. <laughs> Not clarify it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's ours. It's ours. It's not for the states. It's ours. And ours includes the states. Uh, yeah. 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 Because uh, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the federal government needs it. And then we give it to people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like the states. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. And, then, and then actually, yes, it's kind of you maybe look foolish. So I'm going to call you out for saying you're making it look bad. Well, it is bad. <laughs> it's it is bad. It's awful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It, yeah. yeah, and you should be ashamed of even asking the question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. Well, I was looking back through the history of actually of our programmes, and only one uh, one occasion I think that um, where this is it was Michael Gove who was complaining about the shape of the question that somebody was asking him, and he was saying, "Well, that's a." That's a journalistic tool that you're using there. So he was actually complaining about the the nature of the question. And that's the only time I've found that that's the nearest somebody saying gotcha. Because it's, it's the kind of Americanism that, that Boris would use to show that he's in tune with everything. So, um, but I did return to, because I recall but in one of the uh, shows where we had Matt Hancock talking about appearing on the program and just kind of complaining every time Piers Morgan calls him out. And I thought, let's go back and see what Matt Hancock has to say. And I recall him being asked about the free school meal. So as well as when Matt Hancock was our previous health minister, um, not only presided over piss poor policy on care homes, but also failed on the issues of kids eligible for free school meals who went hungry when they closed the schools during lockdown. These the kids that were eligible for free school meals are eligible because they don't have access to, you know, they either can't go home for lunch or they don't have enough money to eat, so they get free school meals. The government, the provision of free school meals during lockdown when schools weren't convening was voted down by the, by the government, including by Hancock, until footballer Marcus Rashford spearheaded a campaign to shame the government into providing free school meals. So on Good Morning Britain on the 13th of January, that's like seals feels so long ago. <laughs> um, Piers Morgan kind of acknowledges that Hancock is glad for this and then just sort of follows it up. And actually Piers Morgan is really good at the gotcha question because he'll go along and they fall into the trap and they go, yes, I see what you're saying, Minister, and the, and the Minister says, that's great, and yes, this is what I'm saying. And then he he drives them down that path long enough for them to then spring. Well, that logically means, therefore, that you 
either this or that. Do you mm -hmm. now believe this or that? So in this case, he's acknowledged that Hancock is glad that the issue has been resolved. So he asks him a straightforward question, as we'll hear. So it's a bit long, but it's totally worth it <laughs> to hear just the silences where he's hastily running around trying to find either a way to dismiss the question. So he does that. We've heard Matt Hancock do that before. He gets angry. Um, yeah, or, or, he's laughs. Trying to, or laughs, yeah. <laughs> or, or cries, or yeah. <laughs> tries to construct an answer, any answer, in, in, in response to being utterly owned slash completely got. So let's have a listen. I'm really glad that we're able to send out food for those who receive free school meals when schools are in, if, and I'm really glad that we're able to do that okay. when schools if are out. That glad, if what you're if, that glad, can I just ask you a difficult question? Why did you vote against it? Well, I'm really glad we were able to put it into place. Yeah, but and, if you're that uh, glad uh, about being able to put it into place, again, why did you, as Health Secretary, vote against this? Well, because um, the reason that I'm glad now is because we've been able to sort that out and put it in place. Well, so the reason you're glad uh, now is that you got shamed... No, thanks in, to you. you got, let's be honest, you got shamed into it by a football player, a young football player with a conscience, who managed to prick the conscience of you and the government. Do you regret now, given how glad you are that it's now happening, do you regret voting against it? Well, of course I'm pleased that we're, we're making sure that... Um, that wasn't the question. I just asked if, you, I asked if you regretted... Yeah, but, no, but hang on, it's a very important question because you wouldn't have done it without Marcus Rashford campaigning. My question for you is, given how glad you now are that it's happening, do you regret voting against it? Is it a yes or no? Well, well, as I say, I'm really glad that it's happening But do you now, regret and... it? Do you regret voting against it? Well, I'll I, I put it this way. In the first lockdown, uh, we took this action... And now, as you say, we're in Health a Secretary, second... You only had to say yes lockdown. or no, whether you regret it. You either regret it or you don't. Well, I, I, I'm really glad that the situation's been resolved. You, so you regret, you regret voting against it? I, I'm really glad it's been resolved. We've sorted it out. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to use my own words to describe my own feelings on this one. So you won't answer the question? No, he doesn't. <laughs> so there's a moment there you could hear him going, yeah, look, Piers. And actually, and the great thing about Piers Morgan is... Careful. <laughs> he doesn't get browbeaten. He doesn't, he doesn't get browbeaten by anybody who, because they try. He's just as good at getting angry at them, you know, when it's, but it's, it's only a good thing when we agree with the questions <laughs> that he's asking, I realise. Yeah. yeah, so he's kind of, he, he literally has got him because he's just gone, okay, you did this thing. You're really yeah. glad you did it. Do you now regret voting against it? Why did you vote against it? Everybody the weird thing is um, this idea that changing your mind is the worst thing ever. Yeah. So, so instead, just look like that. Do what he did instead of saying, do you know what? Yes, I shouldn't have voted against it in the past and I wouldn't do it. I don't act differently now. Yeah. There's been a lot of discussion about this issue. I've reevaluated and I've changed my mind about it. Yeah. What, how is that a negative? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, if anything, that's going to make people... Well, it's a bit like the JFK Bay of Pigs thing mm. when he said, no, I got it wrong. And actually his ratings went up. That's the the thing, yes, that you're... And the the thing is, with this and the next example, they're offered the, the way out. They're given it on a plate. They just He could have just said... 
no, I shouldn't have voted against it. I realise now, rather than just saying, so so why did you vote against it? Because now I'm glad. <laughs> well, we've I'm done... glad it's happened. Because... Yeah. <laughs> what? What are you doing? It's kind of like he's mangling linear time at the same time as, you know, hastily running, running around. And, yeah, why are they all kind of lobbied or um, indoctrinated with, you know, never admit that you're wrong and yet always take credit for somebody else's success? You know, that, and actually the the thing is they didn't get it sorted out because Marcus Rashford shamed them into doing that. They then outsourced the provision of free school meals, not yeah. to the canteens in the schools. They could have done that. They could have employed the people that provide food for those schools anyway, which would have kept a lot of people in employment. And if those schools were cooking, they could have opened up the kitchens and made the food. They could have done all of that. What they did, of course, is outsource it to a private company who then completely cocked it up because they yeah. provided things like a, a loaf of bread, five bottles of water, some cheese, some sugar, and a jam and butter for a week. Yeah, it was a it was a fucking it, terrible little yeah. And you think, oh my god, it was so. You know, and he, and it, for so, and so expensive for what it was. Yeah. For like yeah. What it, actually, how I don't know how they managed to find someone who was enough of a grifter that it cost them yes. so much <laughs> exactly. to do such a shitty little thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, probably the same the same people that sold them masks yeah. at ten times the going rate. Fucking yeah. hell! No, no, absolutely. So the uh, second clip. This is um, back in April, twenty twenty one. You know, when the Tories were corrupt and sleazy. How <laughs> Ooh, things have changed think. since then, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this particular episode of episode, yeah, it is a kind of episode. It's a, so it's a, it's one of those, it's like a comedy show. It's kind of like a cross between Archie Bunker and 12 Angry Men. And you, you watch it and you think this, and actually that's what it is because Keir Starmer's the lawyer. So, and he uses the whole of Prime, this um, edition of Prime Minister's Questions on the 28th, as a series of gotchas, and he's he's asking Boris about the refurbishment of the flat in Downing Street that he lives in, which I think is actually above number eleven, not above number ten. Mm. Um, so this is the second go. Um, I think he has to go home four times. This time he's actually the end of the last one. He said, "When people," so he basically said, "Who paid? Who initially paid for the for the?" Uh, Refurbishment. Refurbishment. So it's either, well, it gives us the, the multiple choice in a minute. The The issue is that three of the multiple choice are legally a bit dodgy because if it's the taxpayers, shouldn't have done that. If it's a major donor, he hasn't declared it, and then that's broken the rules. And I can't remember the third one, but that broke the rule as well, or he paid for it himself. So in the last one, he asked him that question, and Boris kind of went off on a big rant about how if, you know, if Labour were in power, they would have spent blah, 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 blah. And Starmer says at the end, he said, normally when people don't want to incriminate themselves, they just say no comment. <laughs> so, and it, it's brilliant. And then so he's, this is the second time round. So this one, rather than just ask him who paid for it, he's drawing on the findings of, you know, the Electoral Commission is looking into it. Various people are looking at it. It's being investigated. And he's saying, okay, here are the four choices, 
three of which are legally very dodgy, and the fourth one gives Boris the out. So Boris, of course, sees the out and simply chooses it and clearly and confidently expresses his categorical answer in that regard. No, no, he doesn't do any of that. He doesn't do that. This is the initial invoice, Prime Minister, initial invoice. Either the taxpayer paid the initial invoice or it was the Conservative Party or it was a private donor or it was the Prime Minister. So I'm making it easy for the Prime Minister. It's now multiple choice. Uh, Mr Speaker, I've given him the answer, and the answer is I have, I have covered the costs, and I think most people will find it absolutely bizarre. And, of course, there's an electoral commission uh, invest, investigating this, and I, I can tell him that I've conformed in full with the code of conduct, with uh, and, uh, minister's ministerial uh, code, and I, I, uh, officials have been kept, uh, uh, have been advising me throughout this whole thing, but I think people will think it absolutely bizarre that he is focusing on this issue uh, when what people want to know is uh, what plans the Labour government might have uh, to improve uh, and there you go he trails off into the usual nonsense but it's just the when he can't he, he says very clearly I have covered the costs so clear basically why well, I didn't say no I didn't pay for it uh, but I now have I've seen the error of my ways I've been reprimanded and yes, of course, I've, I've paid for it. So yeah. that, that was yeah, That's all he had yeah. to do, yeah. rather than just kind of blether and, and do too quoque and all you know, and, and back to his usual ums and errs. You know he's on the ropes when he's, <laughs> when he's just going, yeah. oh, and I've curved. Uh, yeah. And people are. It really uh, feels like he's based his entire political persona on the Hugh Grant character from Four Weddings and a Funeral. Exactly. In the words of David Cassidy, uh, when yes. he was still with the Partridge family. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and the one in um, uh, Love Actually as well, and actually anything that Hugh Grant has played <laughs> yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah, the man who went up a hill, came down a mountain, all of those. Yeah, exactly. B- yeah, bumbling British. Apart from the character where he got caught. With a prostitute, and that yeah. is a photograph taken in California. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. So, and there's another subsequent gotcha, and you can tell it's a gotcha because he completely blethered after that as well. Is that the electoral commission did indeed find irregularities in the funding of the refurbishment of the flat in Downing Street, and the PM's answer was not to accept his error and accept the reprimand, and you know, eat humble pie for a bit and earn the respect of, you know, the people who look, look to their leaders for integrity. But what he did was reduce the current and future power of the Electoral Commission to investigate such things or enforce any associated punishment. That's what he did. He said, no, yeah. you shouldn't be looking at those kind of things, nor should you have the power to stop me as the emperor from doing what I like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get 
Blondie there with One Way or Another. What more appropriate song about the gotcha one than the one that's got getcha in the chorus? Yeah, and in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective, usually, but we are going to fail dramatically. <laughs> to do that. Uh, to do that. <laughs> because, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is largely a politically uh, based fallacy, and so our examples all involve politicians, either real or uh, fictional. So, the first example is from the uh, HBO 2012 movie Game Change, Mm -hmm. which was about John McCain's 2008 presidential run, and in fact, more specifically, about Sarah Palin's part in that. The reasoning behind holding you back is that the entire press corps is in the tank for Obama, so all they want in life is to trip you up with obscure questions. Gotcha questions. Gotcha questions. Okay, so I think the best way to prep would just be to go through some sample questions. Sure, let's do it. Um, let's start with something simple. Uh, how do you plan on maintaining our alliance with Great Britain on Iraq, even though support for the war there is at an all-time low? I think the United States has always maintained a great relationship with the Queen, and John McCain will continue to have an open dialogue with her. Governor, the Queen is not the head of government in England. She's the head of state. Well, then who's the head of government? The Prime Minister. <laughs> so this is Steve Schmidt, McCain's campaign advisor, prepping Sarah Palin, played yeah. by the brilliant Julianne Moore. Uh, yeah. Steve Schmidt is uh, Woody Harrelson Woody in this film. Yeah. He's prepping her for the, for her first kind of um, foray into meeting with the national press. Yeah. And and this is the point where he realizes she doesn't have a fucking clue about <laughs> anything. Well the fact that he said they're gonna ask you about some obscure things. Uh-huh. Like and then the obscure things that he's yeah. asking he's training her with is, you know, what's what's your position with how are you gonna maintain the relationship with Great Britain given that Iraq, you know, is a is a bit of an issue. That's not obscure, but <laughs> the fact that she kind of typifies these the searching questions about actual things. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, they're just gotcha questions. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. thing is, that the reason I've used this as an example, even though it could have really fitted into the kind of Trump section, yeah. is that this uh, this was a very common thing in uh, Palin's run for vice president. And, uh, and she and McCain both complained about um, her getting gotcha questions from the press all the time. And it's all gotcha journalism and, and that's all people are interested in. And... Basically, because she, she didn't know anything about not just foreign policy, but as this film shows, it is not a complimentary film to Sarah Palin. She didn't know about like domestic policy. She didn't know about the, what the Fed was. She, didn't, she just right. didn't know <laughs> enough. Yeah. She only knew about stuff in Alaska, basically. Yeah. She was kind of good on energy and she was good at memorising responses that they gave to her so that right. she could regurgitate them. But ask her a thing about about the world mm-hmm. and and every question is a gotcha question oh, yeah because everything would would reveal her ignorance basically yeah. not ignorance um i mean yes ignorance for ignorance even for compared to a lot yeah. of people but <laughs> yeah. um but especially ignorance for a politician uh, as one who's running for vice president someone mm. who who you know john mccain was 72 at the time he'd, he'd had various problems with with cancer and and so on so there was at least a reasonable possibility that she yeah. could become president. Yeah. 
And even when they went through extensive preparation with her, she was she was making basic foreign policy mistakes. She she was at least in the film, and obviously it's a it's a fictionalized version of what happened. But in the film, the, uh, on the tour bus, they're talking to her about foreign policy, and they asked her, "Governor, do you understand why America is at war with Iraq?" Mm-hmm. She said it was because Saddam Hussein attacked us on nine eleven. And they were like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, wow. But the thing and... is, what, what, it, what frighteningly it did was soften up the Republican Party to say what we did. We could have an ignorant loudmouth. Yeah, it turns out that's it, not that much yeah. of a deal breaker. <laughs> no, no. Mm. Perhaps yeah. just that she was a woman, that she didn't make it. Yeah. And, of course, the biggest example generally for, for Palin was the Katie Couric interview that she did which she really didn't prepare much for at all based yeah. on, on the events of this movie, at least, and what we saw in reality. Um, and when Katie Couric asked her, because she'd specifically been saying, um, you know, yes, I, I, I'm from Alaska, and, and you know, I, but, uh, but I've been paying, I've been learning a lot. You know, I, right. I learn a lot about what's going on in the world. And, and Katie Couric said, OK, well, what, where have you been learning? What have you yeah. been reading? What newspapers, for example, do you read? She couldn't name a newspaper. <laughs> she was saying, oh, well, oh, you know, all the newspapers. All, the, all of them? Yeah, all of them? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, it's quite a good film, actually, Game Change. So, yeah. All right, I'm going to go back. I hadn't heard it before. I must go back and look at it. Yeah, yeah so um, our second example comes from Veep. And yeah. this is where um, Selena is being interviewed at her home by a yep. journalist uh, who's actually being played by Alison Janney from the West Wing. Yeah, this is um, the West Wing crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we kind of go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot she was in that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's supposed to be a kind of puff piece. It's just supposed to be a promotional, easy interview. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it doesn't go that way. The building itself is Queen Anne style. Many of the object, uh, ex, jo- objects um, are, are from the uh, good old boys in the Navy, as a matter of fact. Okay. J- Jolly Jack Tars, for instance, this, this spyglass here, or, or telescope. To see spies. And, uh, if only, right? <laughs> you and, know, since and, you brought it up, would you care to comment on the CIA operative rescued with the students in Uzbekistan? Well, I really, I wouldn't know what to say, because at this point, the investigation is pending. Now, this here is a stunning sort of navigational device. I just thought you might want to comment on how he endangered the lives of those young students. But it would be wrong and unethical for me to prejudge the investigation. This is a bell. (laughs) So... (laughs) Since, <laughs> since you brought it up, I love that. Yeah. For looking at spies, yeah. since you brought it up. <laughs> so the background for this is there's been a hostage crisis in Uzbekistan, uh, which which everyone thought was several American students which had been taken hostage. And it turned out that one of them was a CIA operative. And the, the president knew this, but didn't tell anyone else, including Selena. And so she had been on national TV and denied this. Because she hadn't been enough in the loop, basically. So when she gets asked about it, uh, she is totally backed into a corner because she kind of can't say, oh, yeah, I knew that and I lied. Yeah. yeah. Or I didn't know it because I don't get told important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, after this, that she complains that that was a gotcha question, and and you know she hopes that there's the rest of it's going to be softer. Yeah. So in a way, the the gotcha question, the yeah. gotcha argument of, of of kind of accusing someone of saying a gotcha mm. question can also be used like in this to explain away the fact you didn't have an answer to a question when you tried to answer it or yeah, couldn't yeah. answer it very yeah. well. Is that you know? Oh yeah. And and Trump did that with the Hugh Hewitt interview. He went on Fox and and various other shows afterwards and said, "Oh, he asked me all these gotcha questions." To kind of explain, you know, that's why I didn't do well because he was trying to catch me out. He was trying to trick me. Yeah, by ask by giving you giving you all the answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So our third example is from Parks and Rec. Yeah, uh, and this is a kind <laughs> of a, a real example of gotcha journalism, <laughs> where Joan Calamezzo, who is just a gotcha journalist, that's all she does. She's not really yeah. a journalist, but yeah. to the extent that she tries to do that, is uh, this is uh, where where Leslie Nope is on uh, Joan's show to promote her book about Pawnee, um, where she talks about how she's born and raised in Pawnee, and and Joan for some reason, thinks she has a scoop. We received a tip that you, Leslie, born and raised Nope, were not born in Pawnee. What? Gotcha! And because you lied about it, we cannot make this a book club selection. I was born in Pawnee. I'd stake my reputation on it. I have to tell you, this feels like gotcha journalism. In what way? That way. You put gotcha on my face. After the break. Where is Leslie Nope actually born? Pawnee! We will pull out the world map and speculate wildly. Yeah, they, they even bring out the gotcha dancers. At the end. <laughs> I love that. We'll pull out the world map and speculate wildly. <laughs> well, I guess that's the... That's the... That's... The other side of that's the journalism that Trump tries to point out is happening. So uh-huh. that's all you're doing. You're just making shit up about me or, you know, or, and Matt Hancock, you know, you're making me say things I don't want to say. I will use my, my own words to express the way that I'm feeling rather than use the two words <laughs> that you can only have. Either you uh-huh. regret it or you don't regret it. There are no other words to use yeah. in that regard. So they kind of try to... So th- this gotcha journalism with the rubber stamp on the face and the <laughs> wild speculation and the dancers at the end is what he, they tried to typify proper yeah. investigative journalism to be. You know, is there any gotcha journalism in it? Well, maybe Jeremy Vine or... Um, <laughs> You know, it's that that kind of you said this, but we, haha, we've got the very person that you've said that about. Here they are to deny that you said that. And we'll cut to them. They go, no, he didn't say that. And then they'll cut back <laughs> and go, what do you got to say to that? Well, he's making it up. <laughs> yeah. So Leslie here is quite justified in saying this feels like gotcha journalism, yeah. <laughs> especially well, given that they got well, what do you mean? with gotcha <laughs> on her face. <laughs> face. Yeah. 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 But, um, but generally politicians tend to use this to claim that the question they're being asked is unfair because they don't mm. have a good answer for it. But that wasn't really the case in this one. So that's just no, a fun risk. That's how they would like it to, to <laughs> be seen to be. Everyone just nods and heads sagely and go, yeah, you see, brought on, brought on the dancers at the end. Yeah. <laughs> So before we move on to fake news this week, quick mention of our Patreon series Q 
Q, I was going to say Q Trump in the White House, but it's Q, <laughs> uh, an invitation, Q and on an invitation to the Great Awakening. Uh, Fear Trump in the White yep. House was the previous book that we went through. Yep. And yeah, we, we finished it. We did it. It's all did over. It. Yeah. So so you can check that out if you're a patron. If you're not a patron, you can become a patron at uh, patreon.com slash ftrump and uh, check it out. But more importantly, really... What do we do next? Yeah, we want ideas for what we do yeah. next. So if you, uh, even if you want to be completely vague and just say, oh, we'd like to hear about films or books or, Stuff you know, like that. yeah, conspiracy theories or whatever, yeah. Yeah, um, tell us that. We did watch Wonder Woman 84 and... Yeah, yeah. Ghosts can't do Ghosts it. Ghosts can't do it. Yeah, Ghosts and also an H, a documentary about um, a Netflix was it Netflix documentary about social media? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, the social contract. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, if you've got ideas about either specific things or or general themes that you would like us to explore, uh, anything that would make you continue being a patron or might tip you over the edge into choosing to be a patron, then uh, then let us know either yeah. on the patron feed or the um, Facebook group. And um, yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll do it. Yeah, or, or even if it's just something to go. Oh, I wonder what Jim and Mark might think about that. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. do that. You know, could be yeah. you know do-it-yourself manuals. I don't know. Yeah, home <laughs> home improvement catalogs, <laughs> all of that. Yeah, come up with something for us to look at, listen to, watch, think about, talk about. We'd love to hear your ideas. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news. The game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, now it did occur to me that if you were to ask me why it is that I've not won the sixty-five percent that I promised to answer um, at the beginning of this entire project, I would have to draw your attention by. Um, Looking at the percentage sign, have you noticed that it's actually got a one and two zeros, like a hundred? Yeah. So, <laughs> on that note, actually, yeah, you know, the the um, division sign. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know this. It may be screamingly obvious to everyone else, but I only right. recently found out the division yeah. sign is basically a a kind of a fraction. It is a something it is a line a, with a dot on the top and a dot on the bottom, representing whatever digits you'd like to put there. Right. So it's something divided by something. Wow. How oh, cool is go. that? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the sign for therefore, the th- the one dot and the two dots below, uh-huh. the sign for because is two dots with one below it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Why is that then? Cuneiform. <laughs> it's all cuneiform. Yeah. So our, anyway. <laughs> our theme this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Trump was on a right-wing radio show podcast type thing. Was he? The Chris Stiggle show, I think it's called. Right. And they asked him what he thought about the Alec Baldwin rust incident. Yep. And um, he did not hold back. Right. He he made some pretty strong allegations. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it was the first time he'd really talked about this. And uh, as we know, he's not a fan of Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And so, yeah, he said some stuff. So these are some things he said. Oh, my God. Right. Statement number one. It's weird. It's not doable. And they're outside. I would say that if I had a gun, number one, I'd point it in the air and pull the trigger a couple of times. I think just by natural. You know, they're outside in this big open space. There's nobody around. I think I probably I would have pointed it up in the air. But you can also look to see whether or not it's loaded. But who would take a gun and point it at a cinematographer and pull the trigger and she's dead? 
Statement number two. Okay. As bad as it may have kept, meaning, you know, the people that take care of the equipment and the gun and everything else, but even if it was loaded, and you know, that's a weird thing, maybe he loaded it. Who, remember this, who would put a gun, here, Anik, here's your gun, oh, good, lift it up, point it at a person and pull the trigger, and, oh, man, a bullet came out, she's dead. So there's something wrong with him. He's a sick guy. <laughs> what? Right. Statement number three. Right. He was, for a long time, very troubled and, frankly, a little crazy person. That's what I've read. He did Saturday Night Live, and that's... I don't care about that. I watched him. He was very bad at what he did. But he's just someone who, you know, in my opinion, he had something to do with it. But who knows what? And she wasn't even an actress. She wasn't even someone in the movie. Why would you point a gun, loaded, not loaded, whatever, at someone who's not even in the movie? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, so there, there he is giving away the fact that he knows exactly how television and movies work. It's not like he hasn't watched enough of it. Yeah, so yes, so from one point, one point of view, he knows all there is to know about television and movies because he's been in a few. We've watched them, <laughs> and, uh, and yet to kind of go, well, yeah, well, why would you do that? But, mm, yeah, okay. That whole bit. Here, give you a gun, lift it up, point it at something. Oh, man, a bullet came out. Mm. Oh, mm, okay. That one, pull the, put it in the air. If I had a gun. Now, you see, he's. I'm still waiting for him to fulfill that promise of if there were people being held hostage, he would run in with the gun. Yeah, yeah. He'd be the first there with the gun, shooting it in the air a couple of times just to check it's loaded. <laughs> yeah. You're Sam. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that weapon. Yeah. Um, okay, so, um, so the one that I... Yes, you see, I might have fallen into the trap. The one I'm convinced there where he says, I think just by natural... See, the very Trumpian thing to do and therefore a very Jim thing to write. No! Uh, okay. Mm. So the trigger and she's dead. There are two of those. Okay. And the one who's complaining about the Saturday Night Live as a crazy person and then says, I don't care about it, when obviously he does. That sounds very him. Ooh. Oh, that weapon. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I think... Why would he say the same thing twice? But Well, because he's Trump, because that's... All right, I'm going to plump for number three is the one that you made up. Okay, out of the other two, which are you more convinced by? I think the number one, I think just by natural, is is a very Trump thing to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. And number one... No, is it? Is yeah, real. Oh, it's weird. It, it's not doable. And they're outside. I would say that if I had a gun, number one, I'd point it in the air and pull the trigger a couple of times. I think just by natural, you know, they're outside in this big open space. There's nobody around. I think I'd probably I would have pointed it up in the air. But you can also look to see whether or not it's loaded. But who would take a gun and point it at a cinematographer and pull the trigger? And she's dead. Well, you've answered your own question. Nobody would. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't, nobody would take it unless you were an assassin. They just happened to be a, a, 
<laughs> why would you shoot a cinematographer anyway? Yeah, who would take a gun? So clearly, he's not guilty. Who would take a gun and do that? They wouldn't. So, yeah. Yeah. That, mm. So, I mean, obviously, he's wrong in many ways about yeah. this. Um, <laughs> yeah. First of all, they weren't outside. They were they were in a, a kind of church set, a chapel yep. set on yep. on the, the back lot. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's but, fully appraised. So that's just back. completely wrong. Yeah. Um, but also, taking a gun... First of all, if you're an actor and you're, and you're given a gun for the scene and you point it up in the air and pull the trigger a few times, you, you've ruined the scene yeah. if it was going to be blanks or, you know. <laughs> exactly, but yeah. um, that's not what you do. But also, it's, it is against the law to fire a gun into the air in New Mexico. In, in almost every state, it is against the law to fire a gun into yeah. the air. Um, in California, it would be a, a felony. In New Mexico, it's a misdemeanor. Uh, right. which is where the, the film was shot. Um, not only that, it is incredibly dangerous, much, much more dangerous, like all, mass, several orders of magnitude more dangerous yeah. than um, using guns on, on film. You know, we we yeah. said a couple of weeks ago, or when this happened, there have been kind of three or four major accidents on film sets with, with firearms over the course of about 100 and what, 15, 20 years, 125 years nearly. And there was a US study in the Journal of Trauma um, in the, the mid-90s that looked just at random falling bullet injuries, which are right. from people who have shot guns into the air, at yep. one LA medical centre. Right. And they found 38 deaths because of that between wow. 1985 and 1992. Bloody hell! At one medical centre, and 118 injuries included, including those wow. 38 deaths. So the number of deaths is like 10 times higher, 11 times higher, just for than, a seven-year period at than, one LA yeah. medical centre. Yeah, compared to globally, the film industry, <laughs> In film for, industry for a, for over 125 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So no, mm-hmm. absolutely fucking don't check a gun in, whether a gun is loaded or not by firing <laughs> it into the air. Yeah. You twat. Yeah. Don't do that. That's amazingly dangerous. You know, if you shot it perfectly straight up, then yep. um, it it would it would go up. It would go reasonably high, and then because of terminal velocity yep. um, on on its return, quickly. it would yep. come down quickly. But it wouldn't come down as quickly as it shot out of the gun. It would be like ten percent of the speed it shot out of the gun. But right. unless you're firing it directly upwards, if you're shooting it at an angle at all, there's mm-hmm. a parabola that that happens and it regains a lot of that speed and there's you know it's tumbles on its way down and stuff and it's still very dangerous and a lot of the people who are hit by falling bullets a a much higher percentage of them are killed than by being shot regularly because they're almost all headshots yeah um because they're coming from above you (laughs) yeah yeah well there's i remember reading reading in the, I think it was in the dentist's waiting room um, in the 90s about this case where uh, a woman had been found slumped over the steering wheel of her, her car on the where she'd parked by the lake and they couldn't work out what had happened until they moved the hair back and there was a bullet hole behind her ear because mm. somebody had fired uh, at a duck on the lake and the bullet had skimmed across the lake 
Yeah. And went up through the through the car window and in her head. I believe there's an episode of CSI based on that exact oh, right. principle <laughs> oh, of, a, of, of a, a shooting range with a lake in the background and the yeah uh, yeah yeah bullet skimmed across the water. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't just because they go off the range, they're not. They don't disappear. They don't stop. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's what they, yeah. people have this idea that gun, guns fire bullets really fast, so they probably just go off into space or something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what happens to it after yeah. it's left your gun. But, no, but it exactly. can take like two minutes to come back down again, and it can, it can. The range is miles, literally, from, yeah. from wherever you're yeah. standing. So you can't just say, "Oh, there's no one else around. It's fine." It it's a, an incredibly dangerous thing to do, and I have all you know the the pundits. Who who know about guns came out of the woodwork in their droves to mm. complain about what Alec Baldwin did. I have not been able to find a single person condemning Donald Trump for suggesting people do this. No, no. Um, or, and saying that this would be a better thing to do, despite the fact that I know a lot of them know this is a really bad idea bad and you should and you definitely shouldn't do it. Because and it's they're all far, far more dangerous. People who know that that's yeah. not what you're allowed to do. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. You yep. also thought yeah. number two <laughs> was real. Yeah. Yeah. And number two yeah. is yeah. real. As bad as it may Ooh. have been kept, meaning, you know, the people that take care of the equipment and the guns and everything else, but even if it was loaded and, and you know, that's a weird thing. Maybe he loaded it. What? Who remember this? Who would put a gun here, Alec? Here's your gun. Oh, good. Lift it up, pointed at a person, and pull the trigger. And oh man, a bullet came out. She's dead. So there's something wrong with him. He's a sick guy. No, no, he's an actor. Who would who would put a gun? Well, if you're on a set and you're playing a cowboy, yeah. That order of things he just described is exactly what happens on every film set. Yeah, exactly. Here, Alec, oh, here's your gun. Here's your gun. Oh, good. Thanks very much. Lift it up, point it at a person and pull the trigger. Yeah. Not necessarily at the person, in as we discussed at length, of, you know, yeah. possible yeah. at all. It, the angles are cheated and it's not pointed at a person. But, yeah, that basic chain of events is exactly what happens on every you, film set yeah. that, that involves firearms. And, uh, yeah, but that... Maybe he loaded it. Fuck me. Yeah. I I mean, it feels like that's defamation. It feels... Yeah. yeah. That's... Because, it, because yeah. he wouldn't have, because that's not what happened. Nobody is suggested that at any point. No, no. It's like, well, <sighs> no. Nah. Man. So there's, something, oh, man. so there's something wrong with him. He's a sick yeah. guy. No, he Trump is a sick guy for going. Oh yeah, maybe he loaded it. How can you? Fucking hell! How how can you not be at least going? Whoa! Yeah. What are you? What are you saying? You can't just say that. Of course he didn't load it. He's an actor, and what you've done, yes, is if it's slander, if not and, libel. Do you know what? Although three was not real, it was fake news. The only bit I did not make up yeah. was where he said, in my opinion, he had something to do with it. No. That is even more defamatory than maybe he loaded yep. it because yep. he's saying, in my opinion. Admittedly, he prefaces it by saying, in my opinion, and therefore probably gets away with it because he's not trying to state a fact. Yeah. Yeah, but he's saying he's saying you know maybe maybe Alec Baldwin loaded the gun. In my opinion, he had something to do with it. Do with it. Fucking Who knows what? hell! What? Who knows what he had to do with it? What? For, on what? 
then you would kind of go, has he not watched enough CSI? Has he not watched enough police cop dramas? You go, well, okay, what's his motive? Yeah. You know, just because you dislike him, you're attributing this act to the fact that you don't like him. That doesn't, where's, you know, where's the motive? Where's, he's got the means, allegedly. Where's the motive? It's amazing. And uh, bizarrely, the um, the armourer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed's mm. uh, lawyers have come out and, and been talking a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and they have suggested that it could be sabotage and someone may have deliberately loaded the gun or something like that yeah. in an attempt to clear their client, which is, as far as I can see, a terrible, terrible argument because they yeah. are saying their client, the armourer on a movie, yeah. either left the gun... Sufficiently unattended. Uh, yeah, unattended yeah. enough that someone yeah. else could load it, and yeah. then handed a loaded gun without checking... Having left it unattended... To either the assistant yeah. director or the actor. I mean, yeah. that... Yeah, there's no point. She should. There should not be a point between an armourer having the gun and the actor having the gun that anyone else has an opportunity to load it with something yeah yeah so i can't understand how that's a good point for them and if there was then she then the armorer should have double checked it and said yeah. oh actually i've left that for 10 minutes i haven't looked at it i better yeah. look at it again Be- because it's a gun that yeah. that seems to me that if you accept her her lawyer's statement on what happened yeah. she is definitely liable that's yeah based on what they say Yes, that's really <laughs> weird. Yeah. That's not yeah. usually how that goes. In her defence, no, <laughs> yeah. no. In her no. defence, she's terrible at her job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's... terrible. Somebody else could have done it. Yeah. yeah. No. That's amazing. But yes, that does mean that you oh, are now again above fifty percent because you're on thirty-nine Yay! out of seventy-seven. All right. All righty. So, so yeah. yeah. See, maybe I'm. Maybe yeah. Maybe the. Um, the thing that threw me was the fact that he said the same thing twice. But I think the just having a go at Alec Baldwin, yeah, well, yeah. But, <laughs> but appalling that the bit you didn't make up was the, the most worst bit. The absolute bit. worst thing in yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Off-Year Elections Are Not a Logical Fallacy because... People voted in yeah. uh, well, in several states, in fact, for, for either governors or mayors or, or lots of kind of state legislatures. Um, yeah. And and we forgot to, to spend the last several months telling you to vote mm. for in those things. Yeah. If you live in we did mention it last time, if you live in Virginia. But yeah. but but to be fair, the show came out on the uh, the day of the election. Yeah. Um, so so we didn't. We didn't tell you. We didn't remind you early enough. Yeah, exactly. And and, uh, <laughs> and I think, you know, far be it from us to be um, convinced of our importance. <laughs> oh, no, it's, of it was absolutely so, our fault. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> So sorry about that. If it's gone down by, you know, the number of listeners that we have. then <laughs> In Virginia. We're, 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 in Virginia. <laughs> we're so sorry. We should have got there early. Yeah, because we did rip the piss out of Glenn Youngkin. Yeah, I, th- I believe time. you said he'd need some help to beat Terry McAuliffe. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And so, it did. Well, actually, what was interesting that we were, um, 
that that notion that the well with the Sarah Palin thing when the the GOP kind of went, ooh, actually we we just need a stupid person. <laughs> they could be they could be president. Why don't we get one? Um, and actually, it seems that it worked for Yunkin by not doing that so much. Not being yeah. kind of yeah. He didn't, he didn't sort of ally himself. There was a nice poll in there. Um, when it said he didn't ally himself too much with Trump, he <laughs> allied himself just right. It's kind of like the the three bears kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Some people said it was too much. Some people said not enough. Some people said it was just right. And yeah, he talked a lot about critical point. race theory and stuff like that to to mm. get that kind of side of things going. Yeah. But then when Trump wanted to come to Virginia or at least yeah, even went, oh, did, 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 no. yeah did a yeah. tele rally yeah. for him, yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be involved in that. No. No, no, um, no. Yeah. Don't so army with that brush. So yeah, you know, I'm going to have. Oh yes, I guess he wanted to. Well, sort of everyone's got their eye on actually being in the White House themselves, so they want to sell the idea that they came, they come up with the ideas, <laughs> not not that it's Trump. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, you said as well last time that the Virginia race is seen as a bit of a bellwether for mm. the midterms, yeah. uh, which is true in as much as it is seen as that. Yeah. But I am absolutely not convinced that it is. Right. Um, I think what's going on here is um, the old uh, single cause fallacy, which right. is... Um, or and and to be fair, correlation versus causation. It's not really post hoc ergo propter hoc because because it's not one after the other. Oh, but these yeah, two things yeah, are yeah. happening at the same time. And yeah. there's actually a third cause that have caused that that caused both um, the Virginia gubernatorial race. Um, they caused that to track alongside which way the seats go in the Senate in the midterms and in the in Congress right. in the midterms. Um, and they do track reasonably well, which is I right. which is probably why people say well, yeah this is an indication of what's going to happen next year well it's also the kind of it's the nearest that they've got without having to wait for the midterms yeah absolutely because yeah these, virginia these and, and new jersey i think are the only only states i think that that elect their governors on the kind of the odd numbered years the, the, yeah the, yeah yeah the uh, year after an election but the thing is in both of those cases both in in the virginia race particularly um and in the midterms they just tend to go the other way from whoever is the president. Right. Um, in every Virginia gubernatorial election since 1977, except 2012, um, the governor yeah. elected has been from the opposite party of the, of the president. Right. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a fair number of elections. Yeah. And it's, and it's held true every time. And, it, and yeah, the, when the parties change in the White House... They also changed the following year in Virginia in the governor's mm. mansion. Mm. Um, and the same is true for the midterms. Since World War II, the president's party has lost an average of 26 seats in the House of Representatives and an average of four seats in the Senate. It just tends to go that way. Almost every year, yeah. the incumbent president does not gain uh, seats in the House or the Senate. Well, it's a bit like the um, uh, the mayor of London. Is he a mayor? or the leader of the London authority um, is always the opposite to mm. whatever's in yeah, yeah. power. So it's, it's just that kind of, is, is it's it kind a, of a, it's called the pendulum theory by mm. some people. You want your, everyone wants change all the time. 
because uh, yeah. it's, it's always a bit shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter who you vote yeah. for, bloody government gets in every time. Yeah, so that's yeah. why in a, in a two-party system, um, or even a kind of a nominally three-party system like we have, but really a two-party system, Yeah, you know, you don't tend to get very extended runs of one party being in power. Sometimes it happens, but, but often it will flip backwards and forwards um, because the, the people think, eh, everything's a bit shit, maybe we should give the other people a go. Yeah. Um and and because in many cases especially in the US it's so closely split by the people who actually get out and vote. Um yeah. not 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 necessarily by the actual population but in terms of the electoral college and and the way it's set up but the the system being so close between the two parties really. Um Yeah. Yeah, it it doesn't take much for people to think yeah no, everything's not awesome so Yes. Let's, let's try the other one. <laughs> yeah. It's the opposite of the Lego song. Yeah. Um, and or the um, uh, or, you said, or, or uh, the guy in Free Guy. Have you seen Free yeah, Guy yeah. yet? Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't have a good day. Have so, a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people aren't having a great day. Not awesome. Everything's not awesome. Nothing's so. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and so yeah, the, these two things, the, the gubernatorial race in Virginia and the midterms, tend to go the same way. I'm sure it will hold true. Next year, that the midterms will what will the, what lend was the more in seats. Twenty twelve. It's hard to say exactly. Uh, no, well, Obama was in um, in office. Right. Uh, it was uh, it was actually Terry McAuliffe um, who was re-elected. Right. He was he yep. was the um, governor from two thousand nine to twenty thirteen, and uh, and then he was re-elected. Wow. Perhaps people were were quite happy. Yeah. With- yeah, yeah, he was doing he was doing fine, and it was a close race. Mm. To be fair, mm. um, the the uh, result in Virginia was was very close. It was also very close in New Jersey, where it where it shouldn't have been so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, um, there the um, Democrat was re-elected as governor of New Jersey, and that is the first time that's happened since the seventies as well. Mm. Um, so uh, it's not. That that actually bucked a trend, and yep. in Virginia it was exactly what you would have expected from looking at the last fifty years of history. Yeah. So, not a massive shock, really. Not as shocked yeah. as some yeah. people should be. I think part of it comes from the fact that the the Republicans are so obviously evil at the moment. Yeah. That that <laughs> yeah. that yes, of course we should expect everyone to vote against them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that yeah. just stands to reason. So when it turns out not everyone yeah, votes yeah. against them, that is a bit of a surprise. Yes. I, I'll admit that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And the people the people who aren't on the left, um, so the people who are on the right, are vehemently of the opinion that the wrong guy got in. So they're doing all... So the, the, there's no doubt that what's happening in the White House is actually... A lot of shit, and so they need to do something about it. It's kind of almost the consolation prize. Yeah. So that's and it's it's so therefore it's no surprise that in that way they just kind of voted in the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing that it did lead to, arguably, mm-hmm. is finally infrastructure week. Because <laughs> uh-huh. Trump started <laughs> talking about infrastructure week fairly early on in his run 
yeah. and how he was yeah. going to, you know, rebuild everything because he's a builder. Mm. And that's what he knew how to do. And then other stuff yeah. happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> he he got it, had, you know, every week a different scandal. And so it yeah. never happened. Yeah. Nothing ever yeah. got done, really. No big infrastructure bills. Um, but they've now passed the, the uh, $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Wow. Which yeah. is going to make a significant difference to a lot of people across yeah. the US. Um, yeah. And it, they even managed to get a few Republicans to vote for it. <laughs> wow. Um, who, and, who saw uh, the saw the benefits for their own yeah areas or, or just finally kind of went oh actually I should stop doing this on just you know uh, political grounds and actually see that this could benefit my constituents yeah, yeah they they basically didn't reflexively vote against it just because it was because it would help the Democrats a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because it would also yeah. help people they've been elected to represent. The, yes, exactly. But, people that we're likely to vote them in again. Yeah. Yes. But let's not give them too much credit because it was still <laughs> in the House. It was voted uh, 20, uh, 228 votes uh, to 206. So there were still 206 wow. Republican Congress people who didn't want it at all. Who voted against fixing roads and bridges and yeah. br- you know broadband and all of the good stuff that this would inevitably yeah. give people yeah. um by taxing very rich people to pay yeah. for it yeah. um and yeah it's fucking amazing that that is i mean the last the last time there was a major infrastructure bill was 6 years ago 2015 Right. Uh, the the vote then was three hundred and fifty nine to sixty five. So wow. so that wow. passed overwhelmingly with bipartisan yeah. support. Um, yeah. Nearly every Democrat and and most Republicans uh, were in favour of wow. fixing bridges and roads. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not a difficult decision. No. Um, and and in the Senate, that one was eighty three to sixteen. This one. 69 to 13 so they did get some some gop senators um and and just 13 uh gop congress people um for this one and and those 13 people have since been attacked mercilessly by the rest of the gop well the fringes of the gop like marjorie taylor green who who's called them traitors um, the well, you know, Trump, aren't they? Yeah, Basically. Trump has attacked yeah. them. One of them, uh, in fact, several of them have said they've had death threats. Um, oh, yeah, one uh, said that um, he had had a call. Of, this is Fred Upton of Michigan, uh, yeah. said that he'd uh, had a, a caller who had repeatedly called his office to call him a traitor and expressed hope that the lawmaker, his family and his aides would die. Wow. Because he voted in favour of fixing stuff which is dangerously broken in many parts of the US. Including in his constituency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, you yeah, know, that Michigan, person that rang him up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that person that rang him up, you know, the, the telephone wires are yeah. working. Yeah. <laughs> the, the roads are working so the, the, uh, the, you know, the line, the Michigan lineman can go fix the wires. Just appalling. Yeah, stuff. but it seems like basically, um, at least part of the results from from last Tuesday's elections can be um, attributed to the fact that it has seemed like the Democrats haven't got much done that they said they mm-hmm. were going to do, because 
and and a lot of the blame has been laid on progressives uh, yeah. for for kind of pushing the party leftwards and therefore you know the right will will rise um mm. but realistically that it's the moderates who were stopping all of this from going mm. through it's yeah. it's been largely Kirsten Cinema and and Joe Manchin who stopped it from going through the senate and and the the failure to pass this incredibly popular um, yeah. and extremely yeah. helpful legislation, yeah, which hopefully will lead to the second part of the Build Back Better plan being passed soon, is is at least probably partially responsible for some of the losses that um, the Democrats saw, not just in mm. in Virginia, mm. but in state legislatures across the country, in, in part. Although the story isn't all bad, there's been a lot of progressives, especially mayors, for example, in major mm. cities who who have been voted in. Michelle Wu, uh, Boston's first woman and first person uh-huh. of color as mayor. Yep. Yep. Um, Elaine O'Neill, uh, Durham, North Carolina's first black woman mayor. Abdullah Hamoud is uh, Dearborn's first um, Muslim and Arab American mayor. Pittsburgh selected its first black mayor as well, as did Kansas City. So there have been a lot of progressive gains as well yeah uh, but they've been further down the ballot in terms of the the state legislatures mm. and, the, and the offices and also because the, the other thing is that the um in virginia particularly because the democrats were in control the voting system was made a bit more accessible and a bit more liberal yeah and so there's now no argument one would hope for her to be made on the part of the Republicans that that liberal voting is bad for Republicans because Youngkin's got in in that in Virginia under the on the basis that there was a democratic voting system yeah. with a long early male voting um, timetable and all that you know and it, yeah. Well, that, that would be nice to think that that it would stop <laughs> yeah. Republicans from claiming that, but it absolutely yeah. hasn't. <laughs> I mean, Mike Lindell is the obvious answer to yeah. that because yeah. he is he was still saying immediately, basically, that um, that the Democrats cheated in New Jersey and uh, also that they cheated in Virginia. Democrats cheated yeah. in Virginia. They just just didn't cheat well enough because <laughs> Republicans voted in overwhelming numbers Brilliant. for Youngkin. That is brilliant, isn't it? Because, uh, yeah, so actually they they are able to maintain the argument rather than just say they only cheated in the place where they won. It's just that in the places <laughs> where they lost, they didn't cheat well enough. Yeah. That is brilliant, isn't it? That, yeah. That, yeah, you, you know, there's it's no answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Trump got tired of winning a long time ago, but it seems like he'll never get tired of losing, and we are definitely not tired of him losing. (laughs) The latest in a seemingly infinite string of court losses for Trump came last Wednesday when US District Judge Tanya Chutkan ruled that Trump couldn't exert executive privilege to prevent the National Archives handing over documents to the House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. The committee asked for records, including a log of people Trump and senior Republicans met and spoke with on January 6th, notes of talking points prepared for Kayleigh McEnany, and various handwritten notes regarding the events that day. Naturally, as a man with no liability and nothing to hide, Trump immediately sued to stop the release of records to the committee, citing executive privilege. But Biden, who's the one who actually has executive privilege on account of, you know, being president and everything, said, nah, that's OK, you can release the documents. <laughs> 
Anticipating things might not go his way, Trump's team made a desperate last-minute motion on midnight Monday for an administrative stay of the judge's ruling, which the judge rejected within a couple of hours based on the fact she hadn't actually made a ruling yet, so that's not how any of this works. (laughs) She promised to rule soon, though, and indeed she did, pointing out that whatever executive privilege Trump still had didn't supersede Biden's and saying in the ruling, presidents are not kings and plaintiff is not president. (laughs) She didn't actually write mic drop after that, but it's definitely implied. (laughs) <laughs> it's a clang written <laughs> on the bottom of the page. Brilliant. In a weird inside-out Moebius strip of looking-glass logic, Republicans on the right wing this week decried a made-up character speaking fictitiously about the COVID vaccine. Big Bird, for it is he, has been reflecting childhood life since 1969 and continues to be six years old, 53 years on, and has been getting whatever shots kids get since he got the measles shot in 1972. Last week, he tweeted, of course, that he got the COVID shot. His wing's a bit sore, but he's just fine. Of course, none of this is real. It's all made up in order to stimulate the curiosity of preschool and school kids. Hasn't stopped the right getting grouchy and taking fictions that they don't like all seriously. Garbage can dwellers Ted Cruz called it propaganda, Fox News brainwashing kids, and both Fox News and Newmax came up with their own made-up stories that kids are not at risk of COVID-19. But that's okay because they're allegedly grown-ups and they made it up, so that's not made-up or propaganda. Not even when posting GIFs of Big Bird being stirred up for Thanksgiving after vaccine-induced myocarditis on Twitter, like those miserable carping Waldorf and Statler alikes, Robbie Starbuck and Cernovich, who look really tough now because they took a dump on a tall yellow children's TV character. Now, if Sam the Eagle had done it, that'd be a completely different story because he's a real American. That's the American way. (laughs) (laughs) Asking you to remember one out of the many, many people fired by the Trump administration would be like asking you to find one specific piece of shit in a large pile of shit. So I'll do a quick recap on Johnny McEntee. He's Trump's personal aide who was fired in March of 2018 because the Homeland Security investigation into his various gambling-related crimes meant he couldn't get a security clearance. Trump hired him back a year and a half later to run the Office of Presidential Personnel, where his job was to hire new people in the administration and get rid of anyone who wasn't loyal to Trump. Thanks to Jonathan Carl's new book, Betrayal, the Final Act of the Trump Show, we get to have a look at a memo McEntee wrote to make the case for firing Secretary of Defence Mark Esper. Here are just a few of the reasons McEntee thought Esper should be fired. He approved the promotion of Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, who testified against Trump in the impeachment trial. He publicly opposed using military force against protesters. He barred the display of the Confederate flag at military bases. He didn't support Trump's military transgender ban, instead pointing out that he had found active duty transgender soldiers' perspectives helpful. And worst of all, actual quote here, he has been actively pushing for diversity and inclusion. What a bastard. Well, I think you'll agree Trump really didn't have any choice but to fire him, which, of course, he did three weeks later. How to continue to make conspiracy theories. Recipe number 17. Ingredients, QAnon, Dallas, Texas, JFK Jr., his dad, key dates and times, willful ignoring of party politics, utter gullibility, and followers with an apparent infinite travel budget. 
gather your QAnons on November the 2nd on the 58th anniversary of your golden boy's dad's death, but be sure to miss it arbitrarily by 20 days. Spread rumours that JFK Jr. isn't dead, but like everyone mentioned in Men in Black, as a joke, he's been hiding since 1999 at a depth of six feet, maybe. Have your key's conspirator, Brian Protzman, the Gematria General, making meaning from meaningless numbers, which is why they were days off any dates with significance, I suppose. Have him say things like, We are the storm. We are the ones the devil comes to try and take down a thousand years from now and a thousand years of peace, and he will have no effect because we're going from 3D to 5D. This from the man who thinks the Kennedys were descended from actual Christ himself. So, uh, yeah. Stir in the idea that Trump will be reinstated and call JFK Jr. as his VP. Ignore the nagging, weren't they like properly Democrats though, but question gnawing at your brainstem, along with the fact that JFK Jr. is still dead, right? Be sure to appeal to the likes of Ginny, who travelled from Nebraska to be there, stoked that JFK is going to be here and that many dead celebrities are actually alive as part of a secret plan and that there will be a big reveal later tonight at the Rolling Stones concert at the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. Robin Williams was here the other day. Michael Jackson is high in the movement. Okay, so now we also have to deal with ignoring the embracing of Jacko despite all those recent revelations. But never mind, because as flexible as thinker as ever, QAnon Anise said, still standing in the rain two hours after the time of the second coming had passed, part of faith is continuing to have it, even when you can't see. No matter what, I think the majority of, of us know that something is happening. Yeah, you see what's actually been happening. You've all been cooking with the microwave door open again, haven't you? <laughs> When I'm choosing which headlines to cover in this section, I have certain blogs I go to and newsletters I read, but sometimes stuff just comes at you. For example, I saw this clip online and I didn't know who he was, but I just forget it was being shared because this guy is a misogynistic asshole who is, like most misogynistic assholes, also monumentally stupid. The idea that a woman doesn't need a man to be successful, the idea that a woman doesn't need a man to have a baby, the idea that a woman could live a happy and fulfilling life without a man, I think it's all nonsense. From an evolutionary standpoint, it used to be, you know, women were attracted to your strength because you could defend them from dinosaurs. Yes. Uh (laughs) Of course, then I found out that this particular asshole is Trump-backed Pennsylvania Senate candidate Sean Parnell. It will shock you to learn that Parnell was in court this week strenuously denying abusing his ex-wife and children. In a child custody hearing, his ex-wife testified about why she got two temporary protection from abuse orders against him during their marriage, claiming that he choked her until she bit him to escape, pinned her down, calling her a whore and a piece of shit, and hit their children. Needless to say, senior Republicans have uniformly failed to express any negative opinions about any of this, since being a dangerously aggressive, ignorant misogynist is not so much a bug as a feature in today's GOP. So, once again, it's down to us. Which is to say, if you're in Pennsylvania, please vote next year. January 6, 2021, Texas real estate agent Jenna Ryan shares a video of herself in the mirror saying, we're going to go down and storm the Capitol. That's why we came, and so that's what we're going to do takes a private plane to D.C. and then posts a video of herself doing all that storming. March 26, 2021, Jenna tweets, Definitely not going to jail. Sorry, I have blonde hair, white skin, great job, great future, and I'm not going to jail. Sorry to rain on your hater parade. I did nothing wrong. 
November 2nd, 2021, she's definitely going to jail. <laughs> Prosecutors argued a defendant who believes she is immune from strict punishment because of her race and physical appearance may reoffend because the consequences for wrongdoing will never, in the defendant's mind, be severe, even when severity is merited. The judge agrees that she's been very upfront, that you feel no sense of shame or guilt, and sentences her to 60 days in jail, saying, I think the sentence should tell them that we take it seriously, that it was an assault on our democracy and that it should never happen again. And in a much less adult and measured way, I simply add, ha ha. <laughs> Today is a wonderful day for awful people to smack right into the consequences of their own actions. Example number one, Alex Jones. Following the Texas lawsuit we talked about a month ago, a superior court judge in Connecticut has now ruled against Alex based on much the same reasoning. Since he's actively avoided engaging in all the parts of the lawsuit where he was supposed to provide documents to the court, the judge ruled that he was liable by default, making that all four cases of defamation that have now been decided against him. Juries will be impaneled next year in both Texas and Connecticut to decide on damages. Example number two, Steve Bannon. Bannon, who looks like a high school textbook drawing of a fat medieval peasant with the plague, surrendered himself to the FBI's field office in D.C. this morning after a federal grand jury handed down an indictment for contempt of Congress, a crime he very clearly and publicly committed when he ignored a subpoena to testify and provide documents to the January 6th committee. If convicted, Bannon faces between 30 days and two years in prison. And you know what happens to pretty boys like Bannon in prison? By pure coincidence, former NSA traitor Mike Flynn has now decided that he will in fact comply with the subpoena he got, and I suspect several others might do the same, which is just one of the advantages of actually prosecuting criminals. Yeah. Speaking of which, in Little England, it's not been Big Bird getting the vaccine, but actual Santa himself in the latest Tesco supermarket advert explaining he's making sure nothing will stop him visiting this year. Consequently, spittle-covered, bleach-smelling, ivermectin-gobbling anti-vaxxers have threatened to boycott Tesco, who consequently don't give a shit, because actually it means more people will feel more safe that there are fewer coughing, maskless fools filthing up the shopping experience for vaxxed and masked shoppers. Meanwhile, the other fat, red-faced man, Boris, announced that the UK isn't corrupt in one huge attempted gotcha-responding bit of bluster in order to divert attention from actually having to answer to the increasing evidence showing the government actually is corrupt. Some of that evidence includes the accurate pointing out by everyone that it's kind of wrong when the Parliamentary Standards Committee finds that a Tory MP Owen Patterson has done some dodgy things and ought to be reprimanded, to then, as the government, attempt to abolish the Parliamentary Standards Committee and force party MPs to vote for that, rather than reprimand that one Tory MP, only to have then force a U-turn 24 hours later decide not to abolish it after all. Somewhat chastened by this, Boris refused to comment on Tory MP Geoffrey Cox's having spent most of lockdown in 2020 in the Caribbean rather than his constituency, beyond saying that MPs should be visible in their constituencies. I assume he doesn't mean just on those TV holiday programmes, nor includes himself, who ended up hiding in a pharmacy when he visited his constituency last. Despite all this sleaze apparently finally cutting through to the voting populace, people in the Tory stronghold of Sidcup say they'll still vote Tory in the upcoming by-election because they don't see a viable alternative. I hope you're listening, Keir Starmer. 
And Marcus Rashford too. Your time to govern the country using something other than politics has finally come. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we use a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our newest patrons, Melanie Gudgel and LT. Our straw man level patrons, Kaz Tui, Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan. And our true Scotsman level patrons, Max Beaver. And our top patron, Lauren, who had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Lauren. Lauren. Yay. And thanks, everybody, for your support. It really is truly, really very appreciated. Thank you. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.